The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. I guess a win's a win. All right. Hey, look, what did you want, right? Garden Report time. Let's do it. Jimmy Toscano is going to be jumping in a little bit. Um, Good night if you're a, a Boston sports fan. The Patriots' dream scenario, dream scenario, trade down out of the 14, get arguably top 10 value in a position of need, drafting Christian Gonzalez. I didn't know that. So that happened. And then the Celtics in a dogfight and hats off to Atlanta. They wouldn't freaking go away, man. Like, no matter what you did there, they just hung and they hung tough. And this was a fun, entertaining game for three quarters. For, I mean, for all the whole game and mm-hmm. just lights out basketball for the Celtics down the stretch there. They went on that 14 to three run and kind of like took control Joe Sway. Uh, and that was it, man. All she wrote, they friggin' put it away. And again, this is after a night where we questioned their focus and their intensity. And I don't think people have questioned what the Celtics do in close games. They just question what they do when they've got leads and when yeah. they when they're kind of and and they allow, allow themselves to coast. But they manned up here. There was a lot of huge plays down the stretch here, uh, worth talking about. And obviously, we're gonna do that. We're gonna break down the game. You know, give give out some flowers to the guys who deserve them for their efforts tonight. Yeah, man, um, there's a couple guys for sure. Because there's a couple for sure, and we'll obviously start to look ahead to the Sixers. Celtics did, by the benefit of not having to force a Game 7, at least give themselves a little bit of rest because they would have had to go Game 7 on Saturday and then Game 1 on Tuesday if they did get all the way through. So now all of this other stuff is a footnote. It's an afterthought. They've advanced. They're past. They're through. Podcast is brought to you, as always, by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Sign up. Get that free bonus. Run it out of time. Uh, 200 bucks in bonus bets when you make your first $5 real money wager. Uh, and let's get started with stuff, uh, Josue. Um, you know, just your kind of general takeaways of the game here. We can start at the end where they really did make some friggin' big boy plays. But just a lot of interesting stuff to talk about tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, the Atlanta Hawks, they they had the momentum and then they had the bodies. I think that's what made this scary, right? I, I think that's why it looked like the makings of a of an L, but the only difference was Tatum and Brown were sort of they had to each their own, they, they each had their momentum going, but you were waiting for them to just collect stock because no matter how much they were scoring, I mean, they both scored double digits in that third quarter. Obviously over 30 points, you know, they're they're in their bag, but the lead was non-existent. It was one point, two point. Like the Hawks hung around throughout until like, I don't know, the eight minute mark in the fourth quarter when the Celtics went on that run. And I think that was the scariest part on this, especially because they they were getting comfortable. I mean, guys like Hunter, Hunter was huge in this one. He was crashing, you know, he was slashing through the lane with ease, with little to no resistance. He's knocking down three pointers. And I think that's what made it scary because I'm like, wait a minute, now they these guys have bodies. Whereas before, that was never the case. It was Trey Young carrying the load in the fourth quarter and just wowing everyone with his 18 points. He goes off for 18 first quarter points, and it's like deja vu. But the Celtics are, are not only, you know, the Hawks never got to a big lead, but what made it scary again was because it was the other guys finding their momentum. Bogdanovich finding his outside touch as well. You had um, um, Okongu, man, huge stops, humongous stops down low. Robert Williams giving the Celtics a lot of, a, a lot on the defensive end in that first half, but it almost felt like it didn't matter because the Hawks were still getting second chance opportunities off of his block. So this one was a scary one. I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta get out all the, the, the worst part of this Celtics win. Right. And before we start talking about the good stuff, it was but, scary. Yeah. I mean, look, this was easily the most entertaining game of the series, but also probably if we're talking overall, 
easily, easily the Hawks' best performance of the series, regardless if it came in the losing effort. I mean, if, if the Celtics don't go on that run in the fourth quarter, they were in the danger zone. They really yeah. were. I, I truly believe that. They were about four minutes away from from, from a game seven. I mean, I, I want to say when there was like the, like about 90 seconds left, you sort of got the feel like, okay, you can breathe now. The Celtics are going to win this one. But it wasn't – It wasn't. you didn't get that feeling until that, those final couple of minutes, really. Yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, there was that run there, I mean, where they really put that game away, that 14-3 to run, uh, and they got big buckets. They got big stops. I mean, there's some really big boy basketball mm-hmm. there. So, uh, you know, again, kudos. Uh, yeah. You know, kudos there because they, you know, they friggin', you know, they, they, they answered the bell. You know, like this right. was – this game was in question uh, until it wasn't. Uh, and it wasn't, so. it wasn't Tatum and Brown like exclusively, right? It wasn't just their show. Uh, Marcus Smart had a couple of good sh- big shots down the stretch. Al Horford deep in the corner for that three. I mean, those type of looks, that's what that's the recipe for a Celtics win when other guys are obviously hitting big shots as well. But you're, you're seeing the Celtics put together defensive stops. And for a while, that wasn't the case. But the Celtics just couldn't get back in transition. It seemed like the Hawks were just one step ahead. And we got we to credit Snyder. You know, um, he's he, this coaching battle. I mean, I think Joe Mazzula, he was second guessing himself a lot throughout the series. And it's not it's OK to say that. Right. It, it's not like breaking news. You know, what I mean, I think a lot of people would look back and, and, and think, man, like at the end of the day, the, the, the Celtics had to go on that huge run to, to, to complete the series. But. Snyder threw a lot of curveballs at, at Joe Mazzula and, and seeing him put in Grant Williams, I thought was, uh, was, was good. It was the right decision. It was an interesting decision, but also um, waiting to get Rob back in there. I, I, I was worried about that. You know, I'm like, where's, where's Rob? Rob needs to finish this, this game. And uh, he did. And he, he had a, a big part. Yeah. And, and stringing together those stops that the Celtics needed to, to, to get their offense going on that, uh, that big run. He did a uh, weird game just in terms of who played, uh, you know, I mean, you know, of course, Grant Williams friggin' Jimmy, you good? I uh, can't hear you. Oh, you're on mute though. It's not. Oh, oh he's on mute. How about now? Are you serious? No. No, if you're, you're good, on you're mute, good, baby, you're you good. Were you're on, on mute, mute this entire time. No, no, no. <laughs> I feel like the biggest rookie in the world after that, after what just happened to me for the past ten minutes or however long it's been. Apologies, good, everybody. Six minutes. Six minutes in, we're good. Jason Tatum apologized to Janet Jackson after the game tonight for delaying her. He delayed her the concert. concert. And I'm going to apologize nice to everybody nice here for delaying the start of our show. That was my fault. I thought Joe Sway had some audio issues. Turns no. out my computer's all just screwed up, and I couldn't get my freaking audio to Jimmy's, work over here. Jimmy's texting Homer me problems. independently. Effing Joe Sway, man. And I, was like, <laughs> I was not. That is not true. <laughs> Yo, everything, the truth comes Everything out. is above ground. I would just bash Joe Sway to his face. I have no problem with that. No, freaking I'm Joe glad. Sway, man. Get in here, Zanis. Save us. And I was like, all no, right. Shout, so shout out John Zanis for pretending to have a clue on what happened in the Celtics game tonight. <laughs> we know he was drooling hey. over the NFL draft obsessed with the Patriots just trading back for the next he watched he watched the ending so that's good but listen Joe Joe Sway would anybody have been any the wiser if Jimmy didn't blow up my spot I was pretty good no I'll be honest seriously why did you say I I don't because I he he owes me watch I don't even know 
I smoked him one time. Um, I I watched the entire first half. I just couldn't. I couldn't. The, we were in the thick of it. I couldn't watch a, sh- a hair of the third quarter. Oh, dude, the um, Patriots and, dr- dragged out their pick for an hour. And then, so then I got stuck doing that, and, and I got stuck. And then we made it into, you know, I and then last five, six minutes, I got to watch that too, but I missed a chunk. So, uh, you know, I do feel bad about that. But um, interesting everything. And, like, hey, look, we're not going to start with, like, Grant Williams and, like, why didn't you play Grant? But, like, what the hell are you – what – Joe Missoula, this isn't like quite Malcolm Butler, you know, situation, but like Joe Missoula's got to explain his thinking. Like, because Grant Williams was important tonight, and Grant Williams probably could have been important other times. And like, let's, I just wonder if you played Grant Williams instead of Blake Griffin, if you're even worried about this game right now. Like, I'm confused what happened between okay, last Bobby. game and this game that made. <laughs> oh, I'm not yeah. going to. I'm yeah, not overstating the importance. Get ready for that Bobby take. That's coming soon. I'm man. not mm-hmm. overstating the importance of Grant Williams. I'm just baffled that he goes from a guy who averages 24 minutes a game to zero, and everyone's like, "Yeah, no, it's normal." You know, like it, it wasn't normal. It's weird. Yeah. It's it, a trust know, thing, man. I, I think that's the. That's it's what a hate thing. He hates him. He hates him because he talks that word, too much. I'd say trust. Oh well, he, there may be something to that. I don't know I the hate, hate part. He does talk a lot, but. At least he's not that same guy we saw when he was getting consistent minutes. Grant Williams, Robert say much Williams, the same amount of minutes. Yeah, well, that's what that's what Missoula wants out of him at the end of the day. Just play. Just get those three-point shots to fall, go back on the other end, take charges, change the complexity of the game in some way, and just play, man. A lot of times that wasn't Grant, especially throughout the course of the regular season, man. He, was, he, he, would, he would talk himself out of the game. He would look, you know, un- he would look like he was unfazed by his disappointing performance at times. And, and I think it really got to Joe Mazzullo at times. And look, maybe he was in the doghouse, maybe not. But I really do think when it comes down to it, it's a trust thing for Joe Mazzullo. And I feel like he, he saw this other team succeed and, and play well without Grant so that he was like, look, if that's the case, if this is what I got to do to get the most out of you, then I'll, I'll bench you. You know, you're, you're not you're not a sure fire uh, spot in this rotation. And I think I, I still weak, though. I mean, what kind of message is that sending? He could bench everybody on this team at some point in the year. For I mean, the way that these guys – not everybody. I mean, there's a few guys that you wouldn't. But there's been situations where some of the star players have deserved to be benched, and they get away with things. And I'm not putting Grant on that level. But I don't don't really think it makes sense to just pick on one guy for acting out when – No, but it's not just one guy. It's not just one guy. I mean, Sam Hauser, if he doesn't – if he's not knocking down shots, you don't see him. That's what happened tonight. You know what I mean? Like, Grant's in that same sort of boat where we all thought that Grant was, like, second guy off the bench no matter what. Why? What? What tells you that? What about his game tells you that he has to get those? Well, he, he, nothing. He, he to me, he earned the bench spot for, from his play. So in that sense, yeah, if you can't be trusted in that in that way, I thought it was interesting that the other Williams, Rob, got as little playing time as he got tonight too. I thought that was more of an indictment yeah. on yeah, weird. what what Missoula's seen from Rob. Like we know that he's basically called them out for consistency. I thought Rob was pretty inconsistent last game, and I wonder if that had had anything to do I with think so. his playing I time think so. tonight. So I, so. I thought sub- that was the message more than anything. I don't even I think Grant's just the benefactor of, of what Joe Missoula is trying to get out of Rob more than anything else. I think that's true. And I think uh, yeah. uh, there's some subtext there. Every time we talk about like we need to be more focused on this and that, I think uh, people always look at like Tatum, you know, because, you know, his he, he has these weird kind of sleepwalky sort of performances oh, time yeah. to time or smart or Jalen every once in a while when they drifted and out or have some lapses. But I think Rob has to be one of those people that they think about, too, which is kind of like they love him. 
I think Rob and Grant both fall into that category. Just Grant hadn't been playing of like, they love him, but like, they're like, man, but like, can't you just be the good version of yourself? You know? And like, so I think Rob's effort and Rob's focus sometimes kind of goes in and out. You can have really good Rob and then you can have a, what the hell is he doing out there, Rob? Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, And so, you know, I, I feel like the last two, the last two Robs we've gotten haven't been great. So yeah, that's probably why Grant got some of his minutes there is they weren't getting necessarily the minutes, but he was big late. I'll ask you guys this. Are they absolved of their uh, game five no. meltdown? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, no, that, is that tape as we speak. Telling you. I mean, John, leading up to like maybe the four minute mark in the fourth quarter, this was anybody's game. I mean, it felt like yeah, really, really it kind of felt like the Hawks were going to pull it off. I mean, it just felt like they had answers they had energy. Trey Young went cold in the second half, and that's really what it comes down to. Uh, I think if he hits a few of his shots that he that he was making, and then some of them were open, this might be a different game. And then around yeah, the fourth, also Jimmy Murray. Murray was like non-existent in the first half, so I think that kind yeah, of yeah, Murray too. was iffy. Um, but this was a game that, the, to be honest, I thought the Hawks blew this one. This was a game where they they had every opportunity to win this game and pull away, and instead. They let the Celtics go on that huge run. It was like 13 to four or something like that towards the end of the fourth quarter. And you got to, I mean, you got to give credit to the Celtics part. Tatum had that massive putback dunk. Brown had a dagger. Smart, Marcus Smart. I hate to tell you, John, I don't know if you caught much of the end, but you're going to see Marcus Smart at the end of these games moving forward because he did. I watched the whole thing. I was, I watched long enough to be so bad Marcus Smart was playing. And then, and then also be like, well, there go the five yeah. awesome Marcus Smart plays that completely wipe out all of it. And overall he had a pretty, he had a good game, but well, during a stretch, like, during a stretch there, you're just like the turnovers, bad the turnovers. pass to Tatum, Jack the three, Jack the three. And it's like, dude, right. not what you need right now, you know? Yeah. But then what happens? Missoula sticks with him. He drills a three and Love then he and trust. drives to the lane, <laughs> fakes the pass for three and lays it up. And then obviously plays the good defense on the inbounds of, of Trey in the corner where he took a yeah. couple couple basketballs to the to the you know gut if you will yeah and Trey um, Young for oh, one, Trey Young melted down in the second half yeah. one for thir- one for cold. 13 field goals went ice cold yeah and I think yeah. honestly that if he hits a couple of those we might be talking a different game but it doesn't absolve the Celtics because they fell into a lot of the same <laughs> traps that they fell in tonight <laughs> yeah I'm sure there's plenty of those um I didn't think the energy was there early on in the game I thought they were giving up tons of overboard second chance points um, you know, the defense was very lackadaisical. I thought they were sleepwalking. I mean, they gave up on a made on their own made free throw. They gave up like an and one, like right off, off the inbounds. And then I thought summed up their, you know, sort of effort and energy level to that point. Now at credit to them, because in the fourth quarter, like I said, about two thirds of the way through, they snapped out of it. I don't know what was said or what needed to be done, but you could see something kind of flip and, all of a sudden, they punch the Hawks in the mouth. They go from being down to up like 10, just like that, right? It just kind of happened in like two minutes flat. Hawks called the timeout, and that was kind of the end of it. I think Tatum's dunk was kind of the kind of the dagger um, on that. Um, so we can officially look, for, look towards the Sixers. Um, I don't think we need to break down this game like crazy. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, there's certainly things we can take out of it moving forward. I think there's still some concerns. And I already think we touched upon one of them is the Williams um, situation. Um, you know, I thought Brown was great tonight in a lot of spurts. I, I thought, you know, I think he continues to be their best player. 
Um, he was huge um, in a couple of big, big um, spots tonight. And then, you know, it's him and Tatum at the end of the day. And I thought Tatum was obviously better than he was um, in game five. I'll throw his stat line up here, 30 points, 11 of 20. Yeah, Four of 10 from three, there. better than one from 11, better than last uh, game, obviously. Um, and just showed a little bit more heart, I think, uh, late in that second half. What's up, Sherrod? Speaking of heart. What's going on, fellas? Can you hear me okay? Well. If you can. What's what a Gucci? Game? Listen, um, other than the fact that you got some pissed off folks who were planning to see Janet Jackson instead of the Atlanta <laughs> yeah. Hawks in the building tonight, um, and as someone who has actually gone to concerts that Janet Jackson herself and has had, have you? Re yeah, when she came to Boston. Uh, but her concert in Boston, uh, yeah. like, it, but the, it, that got totally screwed up. And you, and like a lot of Hawks fans, had to see her later down the road. Wasn't happy about that. Uh, fans here weren't happy about that. But <laughs> the Celtics, they're a happy chap right now. This was a great. This was a really good game. I the, the weird part about this game was joke. that. Even though the Celtics, the Celtics, I thought played great for the base of the first five minutes and the last five, and they played, they were just solid in between. But the championship caliber team that you expect to see, we saw in the first five minutes and the last five, and that's when for, they get off to that twelve-two start. Marcus Smart is scoring, getting guys involved, and down the stretch, you know, Smart, Tatum, Brown, they make all the plays that have to be made. Um, and they get the win. Uh, and the Hawks just look to me like a team that just ran out of steam in the end there. Uh, Trey could only do so much. Uh, he had a hell of a, I thought the last, really, last, I'd say last three, three or four games, he was really good. Um, and if you're the Celtics, you're glad to be done with these guys because they made you work a hell of a lot harder than you probably thought you would. Uh, and, I, you know, Bobby's going to get on here a little bit later. Him and I, we talked a little bit about maybe the Hawks team was a little bit better than I think people thought. Uh, but I don't think that was it. I just think the Celtics saw them as a team that barely got their ass into the playoffs through the playing game, and we can play around with them. And, you know, bad things happen when you play with your food. When you got it in your plate, you eat. You eat it well. You eat it up and you keep it moving. You don't play with it. I like it. how you changed that, Sherrod. Good job. Good work. I'm just saying. <laughs> play with I, mean, your food. I, I just know that, listen, the Celtics, they're going to be a bunch of, They're going to play better against the Sixers. There's no doubt about it. You're not going to see, I think, that what I thought were mental lulls in this series, more so than we've seen uh, typically from these guys. You heard, you heard Giannis um, say it on his post game uh, yesterday. There are no losers in sports. Darren. No, not that quote. The mo the, the <laughs> better you want to have a debate on that quote? Let's do that. No, thank you. Ahead, I, I love Giannis, but that was that was a silly quote. I thought of you when he said that, John. But keep moving. The the, the better quote was. We were we were playing to win the finals, not and they were playing to beat us. That's the best quote he gave because yeah. that was honest and dead on about um, how they viewed the Heat. Is maybe that could have been that could have been in uh, the, in regards to him taking a game off and thinking they could get away with it, just their general approach. But just thinking like they're thinking ahead, how do we get ourselves ready and 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 prepped for when the serious games begin? And, and, and they weren't worried about the here and the now and they got beat by basically one guy you know yeah. i mean um and a team that was you know you know really banged up themselves uh and it wasn't even i mean it was the games were close but it fought 4-1 so again that's kind of what the Celtics were doing here is i think their eyes are on way down the road 
uh, and not necessarily on this. And last game was definitely a wake-up call, but, you know, they were in a fight, man. All, all game long, this, this is, was no I mean, joke, and it serious, wasn't man. like a, it wasn't like a, oh, we're sleepwalking through this game again, sort of fight. It was like, crap, the Hawks are bringing it. Right, yeah. we breathed life into these guys, like mm-hmm. we've done something bad. And you were very, very close to potentially a game seven because you kind of had that same mentality of like, I'm looking ahead towards the five, I'm looking to win a championship. I'm not really paying attention to these guys right now. And they were pretty close to having to come back to Boston, play a game seven. And thankfully, you know, again, they, 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 they kind of ripped it down the stretch there. Uh, so hats off for, for the late game performance, but they, they let Atlanta hang a lot, hang around, not just Listen, in games, but the series for way too long. They, they gave them life that they, that Atlanta just didn't deserve. Yeah. Um, when you not. get when you get into the playoffs as a play-in team, you should be dispatched quickly uh, because you and, and you just know that the odds of you doing well are not great. And the Celtics, they, I thought they got away from so many of the things that worked in those first couple of games. Like when Trey Young is, is is looking to score, it would be nice to get a hand up in his face. Yeah, it would be real. nice. I mean, I'm not talking about blocking a shot. I'm not talking about being all up in his air. I mean, actually, like, physically raise your hand up like you're trying to defend. At least give the look of defense. Uh, and that just didn't happen until you saw, like, the, the latter stages of the game. They started playing some defense. So, again, this was <laughs> – have you? Oh, please tell me you guys haven't talked about JB yet. Damn. We, we haven't talked about individual – we're talking on a global scale. We're not talking yeah, about individual yeah, – yeah. we haven't done know. much individually here. Um, we didn't talk Tatum either. So, we haven't yeah. talked Tatum. We barely said smart. We, we I talked more Tatum Grant than anything. Yeah, well, we're talking the, the, globally. But, here. Yeah, but the big the big picture is Jalen was good. Tatum was good. Like we got it. Like they were good. <laughs> well, you know? I, I mentioned I, I mentioned how they were both they were both cooking, especially after halftime. But Jimmy the, said the something lead, about Jalen. There was no lead there. You know what I mean? Wow. So it was like, wait a minute. Like the Hawks got bodies now. You know, but sure. Before you hopped on, I mean, Bogdanovich started getting against the rim. You had Hunter. Getting, shooting and get into the rim. DeAndre he's, Hunter, he looks like the well, second best player on this team right John now. Collins heating up, cooking up. I'm like, wait a minute. All, all of a sudden, these guys have bodies. The Celtics, better, they better respond in a big way. And, well, you and, know, they, until, they, until that big run until the, in, the, in the fourth quarter. Well, they got in the jam, and so what did they do? In case of emergency, hey, Grant, buddy, let's see what you got for us. And, Bad, and you know what? Brogdon, too. I thought Brogdon did some couple plays, especially when uh, it seemed like the Hawks were trying to get into the momentum. I was like, okay, guys, settle down. Settle down. That was that was good. I want more of that. More Brogdon at times. And especially uh, when, when Rob checked back in, because I was getting worried, Sherrod. I was well, like, the, when are you going to put Rob back in there? Well, the and first half of the game was the, the the Hawks bench just absolutely outplayed the Celtics. And every, I mean, it, it was so bad that every single player in the Hawks had a positive plus minus that came off the bench. And every single Celtic had a negative. Yeah, Plus, and and that you and to me the fact that the game was still I mean the Celtics were up by one at the half was surprising considering how let how lacking impact that bench was for them yeah. uh, and the starters were, were were good but they weren't great uh, and and that's the thing that I, I kind of come away with this series that yeah it's it's a good series win but you didn't play great basketball. And as you get deeper into the playoffs, and we know this, you have to elevate your play. I mean, Jason Tatum was a 30-plus point-per-game scorer in the regular season, and he's had two games in this series out of six where he cracked the 30-point barrier. Uh, and no surprise, they won both of those games. Uh, so they, they've got to figure out a way for him to, to balance that need to get buckets but be efficient. Uh, and, 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 again, this Jalen Brown just continues to be just, – he's just amazing. 
to me yeah. how he is just able to consistently just elevate his game at the right time in the right moment uh, to help this team. Because he started, he missed five of his first seven shots, and I'm thinking, crap, this is going to be that one bad game that Jalen has in the playoffs, and it's going to cause problems. And he just bounced back and was really strong for, I thought, the last three quarters, certainly down the, down the stretch in the fourth. You know, we again, he finished the game. He had seven of his 32 points in the fourth quarter, made big shots, got to the free throw line, did all the things that, he has consistently done throughout this season and the Celtics come away with a win. And yeah. I don't know, if, I don't know uh, how much you've talked about Al Horford, but yeah, a little bit. If, if, listen, if we, had an, if we had an end game apology cam, I would have to go and do it for Al. Cause you I, like, thought, this dude I thought here. Al, Al is like 37, 38, but he looked like 56, 57, 58. He hey. looked horrible. I mean, DeAndre Hunter was giving him the business. Yo, you know, geez. everyone in that John Collins giving him the business, and he just didn't look engaged. And I don't think it was because of lack of effort. I just he looked like he couldn't move out there. And then he's getting rebounds. He's like he sees a shot go down, and next thing you know, he's coming up with some late game daggers that helped him get this win. So shout out to Al Horford for just really stepping his game up down the stretch when they needed him to step up because I think that was a, a big part of why. Missoula kept rotating him and Rob and, and Brandon. He was looking for somebody who could actually get some work done in that front court because they were getting their asses kicked on the glass, on the offensive glass, for a large part of this game. And one thing you probably didn't notice, in the fourth quarter, the Celtics were plus seven on the boards. Mm-hmm. And it was the only quarter where they actually seemed to have some semblance of, of competitiveness and dominance and, and just more than held their own. And Al Horford obviously had a lot to do with that. So... Uh, shout out to Al. Uh, I'm sorry for thinking you were old and out and, 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 and just done with in, in this game. Damn, so, how many times does he have to prove that Thank to you, you man? Still oh, to well, stop that. it, Jimmy. Stop it, Jimmy. Jimmy, you saw the same game I did. In the first <laughs> half, Al was not good. No, no, no. no I you're give, right. I give Fourth him quarter. so much credit for just kind of putting everything together and just making all those big shots and big plays. Defensive plays, too. Uh, that, the last three minutes of this game might have been the best stretch of defense the Celtics played in the entire postseason thus far. In the whole playoffs, yeah, I agree with that. Atlanta couldn't even inbound the damn ball. I mean, Trey had to throw it off of Marcus twice, and then they say, okay, well, let's go to go with DeAndre Hunter. We'll have him inbound. And then he's going to throw it off of Al. Yeah, and then, they, and then when, when they finally were able to inbound the ball, they threw the shit out of bounds. <laughs> that that to me was was one of the greatest defensive stretches we've seen from this team all season long because you don't see that yeah. you don't see a team struggle to impound a ball like that so. yeah but see that's the thing though Sherrod and I'm glad you brought that up because when the Celtics smell blood and what I mean by that is you know a good five six point lead then they're like okay all hands on deck let's get this stop let's close this thing out but why can't they have that same intensity when it's you know a, a 12 point lead right <laughs> or 15 point lead and all of a sudden it's just like we got this. And then their defense turns into to turnstiles. I mean, look across the NBA. If they continue to fall into these habits, and I'm sure they will, but if it happens more times than not, I don't know, man. We're talking about a game seven, whether it's against Philly or if they make it through the next round. Like, there's going to be a lot of those instances where you're wondering, oh, here we go again. Is this, is this the old toughest, you know, is it, uh, here come the old habits all over again. You know, like, right. I can't help but, but – believe that it's going to happen after after yeah. the series, after, after the series with the Hawks. Yeah. Uh, well, it's I mean, like, no. Go ahead, Jimmy. You got it. You know, it's like I think a lot of people are going to have PTSD about it, right? But, I, I mean, real quick on Al. The one thing I'll say, Al fired them up a little bit late in that fourth. That three-pointer he hit in the yeah. corner, 
And he that pointed, was big. He pointed at the Hawks bench after they were probably chirping at well, him. They were talking, they were talking well, trash. They were talking, they were talking yeah. smack to him. Yeah, yeah they just said on Twitter, Bobby threw it. Yeah. He was fired up. You had um, the Tatum put back dunk. He was fired up. Then you had Marcus March three. He was fired up. Those guys, like, like right those final minutes, and not a coincidence, like, as, like, the energy started to, to sort of change in their direction, the shots start to fall. They're feeling that, like, swagger. The only thing you, you can hope for if you're a Celtics fan is that this is what they needed to happen for them to learn but not learn – the ultimate hard way, like say the Bucks are learning today, right? Like they learn that they can't get away with, with sleepwalking or coasting to games because when they yeah. do, teams will knock them in the mouth. And the deeper you go into the playoffs, the more likely that's going to happen. The harder it's going to be to be able to get back up. A guy named Jimmy Butler isn't going to let you get back up, right? You know, a guy like Joel Embiid isn't going to let you get back up. So these are the things that they had to learn in this series. And I guess we'll find out if they did or if they didn't, because we very, very well might be might be talking about a similar outcome, um, like from game four, right? Because this team, the one thing I'll say, you know, good for them for pulling it off tonight and advancing, but they haven't earned our trust, I don't think, based on what well, we've they, seen so far. Well, based on what we've seen, we, we've seen the Celtics Holy. have a, a just consistently played down to the level of their opponent. Uh, but the flip side of that, is the better the opponent, the more the like yeah. Philly, there, there will mm-hmm. not be a, a, a lack of respect for Philadelphia. One, because they got the damn league MVP in Joel Embiid. Two, you've got a head coach who's won a championship in this city of Boston. And, and three, the way that Philadelphia just easily dispatched of a pesky Brooklyn team, you gotta you gotta respect what they did. Uh and I don't think that's gonna be an issue. In fact, I would not be surprised if the Celtics win that series in five games. Uh, because, I, again, I, I think that when they're blocked in the way we saw at the first four or five minutes of this game and the last four or five minutes, they become absolutely a juggernaut. Uh, they become damn near unbeatable. And in, in this game, like I said, I, there's so many different players that stepped up when it absolutely mattered. Uh, but the guy that, again, for me, for my money's worth, that was a difference maker, and this was Marcus Smart. Um, one there of the is. issues that Everybody drink. One, Exactly. That's my guy. You know, that's my guy. And when I can talk shit about my guy playing well, I'm going to do that, which is which is exactly that's what we do. Right. Here we go. Marcus, Marcus set the tone. Yo, he won't cut your name out against you. Don't worry, man. You good. He set the tone at the beginning. He made the plays down the stretch, set up guys with that three pointer that he hit, you know, where he basically he waited that, for someone from Atlanta to, to jump out and rush him. And then he raised up, knocked it down, put him up 124, 116. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of plays that, again, you're not going to get them from him every night. Let's not kid ourselves. That ain't happening every night. Yeah, because you know, you know, you were worried when he missed those back-to-back threes, and I was like, oh, okay, oh, Marcus, yeah. no, like that was around the five-minute mark too. It was like, oh, right. okay. oh, like, that was like, bad. Oh, no. I texted you yeah. guys. I was like, here we go, back-to-back. Yeah, it was, it were, yeah those are bad shots. Only thing that saved them was the Hawks were breaking them too, right back. Yeah, and that's what they that's what they bank on though, right, Jimmy? I mean, when they got out to those layups, especially in the first half, it was like they were taking one, two passes, and they were they were. Mm-hmm. Pretty much look like what the Celtics looked like in, the, in game one, right? With all those easy layups and, and, and transition where, where the Celtics' uh, defense was just not where it was supposed to be. It was like one step up, one step behind, and, and then the three star falling, and then Trey went off. It was a lot going on in the first half, mm-hmm. man. And yeah, obviously, you know, the Celtics may not face someone like Trey in the next uh, in the next round, but Joel Embiid, he causes other other kinds of problems. So he does. He does. Yeah, he causes, I mean, tremendous amount of problems with his ability to play really inside out uh, with that kind of power, that kind of strength. 
Uh, so he's going to be a, he's going to be a load. Uh, but it was good to see them dust off Grant a little bit, get him ready for the next round. Yeah, they need him. He's, he's sure, good you, to see. Series, they need him for sure. Yeah. Were you going to finish your thought on Marcus though? You want to? Uh, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be like Bobby and just just have my just talk all about my guy and and Lemon Loafs and and. Well, you know what, Sean? I will say this: is, you know, th- th- there's been a lot of people. Well, we gotta have some. We gotta have some tonight, huh? I wonder what tonight. Me, me included, who have been kind of questioning, you know, should it be Marcus playing late in games? Like, why is Brogdon sitting on the bench in situations where maybe they need somebody to to get them more in order or or calm things down? But tonight was an example of, you know, Marcus Smart takes a couple of ill, not, I wouldn't even say ill-advised shots, but, you know, he breaks some threes. And yeah. Missoula sticks with him. And then you kind of see why, because that's the Marcus Smart experience, right? Like, you well, kind of take the good with the bad. Yeah, but I think I think Joe Missoula is getting a better feel for how he has to use his, his players. I mean, I, I think he did a little bit of that offense-defense there uh, for a stretch. With, I thought, you know, and, it, and it, I thought he did a really good job of, in late in the game, just having Grant on the, fo- on the floor with certain matchups instead of Al. Uh, because I, I think Grant does a little bit better job uh, switching out on some of those, those wings than I think Al does. Like, Al, I, I think Al is like – he can deal with the bigs. He can deal with the little guards, but it's those ones in between. I think that kind of give him problems. Uh, and I thought Grant, in certain situations, did a good job of just being present and, and accounted for, and, and just making the little hustle plays. And to me, like we talked about the other, you know, when he got in, uh, you know, a few nights ago, he kept his mouth shut. He played mm-hmm. the game. He didn't talk. He didn't flap his gums. He didn't get frustrated when he got a call that he didn't agree with. He just played, and that. I think he's understanding is how he's going to get back into in on the floor. Just simply go out there and play. Don't give us all that other extraneous stuff because you can't get away with that stuff the way Jason Tatum can or Jalen Brown can or some of the other guys who have been there, done that, and established their, you know, their their real estate, if you will, when it comes to you know having those conversations with refs. So it's good to see Grant focusing on just playing basketball because they're going to need him to do that more so in this Sixers series. Because I, I think our, our, you know, our good friend Sam Hauser, I don't think we'll see much of him against Philly. Um, I just oh, don't really? see – that just doesn't look like a good pairing for him uh, because, frankly, the idea of him having a guard Tobias Harris or Maxi, um, not crazy about that. Even even uh, the uh, Nang kid, um, I'm not crazy about him either. Georges? So. Yeah. Local Georges. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's why I mentioned him. Uh, I'm not crazy. Niang, you know, like Niang. Yeah, it'll be a tough series for him. I mean, yeah. he hit, hit a three-point in this one, and then he just seemed like he couldn't keep up on defense, and Joe Zula pulled the plug. We had, As he we should. Yeah, we didn't see him the rest of the night. So he was a Yeah, everyone that matched up against him had free reign. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when Sadiq Bey was in there, go at him. When he's got switched out on Trey, going at him. And yeah. and the way the Celtics were defending Trey, which bothered, which kind of bothered me, whenever Trey would get dribble penetration, the big wouldn't really come up in contestants like maybe the last couple minutes there. Oh, were out yeah. that. It, I, I, yeah, it, drives me, it drives me nuts when he beats a guy off the dribble, gets into the paint, and just floats. And the defender is just, mm-hmm. Watching just standing there. I mean, at least get a hand up, and that's I guess the that's drop, the, the drop coverage, man. It was it was way too much space. Yeah, way, way too, too much space, space for and yeah. and uh, Philadelphia now is a different animal. You can kind of get away with that a little bit more against Philly, because uh, I you know other than I just think Philadelphia has some offensive question marks uh, to them outside of Joel Embiid. Uh, James Harden is not the same dude 
that he was two, three, four years. What about Maxi Sherrod? I feel like he could have a big series. I don't know. He Maybe could, but the thing about Maxi, you got to expose him defensively. Uh, I don't think yeah. he's a very good defender. I don't think he's a bad defender. I just don't think he's very good. And to me, that's where you got to expose him. You got to get him in situations yeah. where he's guys like White and Brogdon should should dust him. Yeah, that's true. you got to go beast mode on him. I mean, you got to yeah. you got to get Al out there playing away from the basket, uh, and then just have you know Brogdon or Smart just rolling as if they're just kind of rolling through the you know baseline and just stop on a block and find him and find him master with Max if you got and beat out and just go to work. Yeah, Max, yeah. I mean, that's what worries me the most about this this team moving forward. It's just it's the defense, you know. I, I just thought the Atlanta uh, Hawks just looked way too comfortable in the last couple of games, especially uh, especially tonight. And I think if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, man, you, you're, uh, you're you're taking notes. You're, if you're Doc Rivers and his coaching staff, I mean, the Celtics clearly had this team's number throughout the course of the regular season. I mean, minus one game, it was almost a sweep. And they they caused a lot of problems for Philly. So Philly knows that. Doc Rivers knows that. But Joel, guys like Joel Embiid and – and, and Harden and Tobias Harris, you know, I, I think those are the guys that I feel like the Celtics just, they have to find a way to, to just, to put those consistent stops, especially late in the, in the fourth quarter or even the second half as a whole. I mean, that, that's something that's, that just worries me about the Celtics team where like, you just saw the Hawks just get off into so many offensive runs throughout the, throughout the movies, even though some of these games didn't translate into wins. Uh, you, you wonder what happens when you have someone like Joel Embiid on, on the other end, you know, on the other on when you're on the wrong end of like a, a crazy run that the Celtics found themselves, you know, at, at countless times throughout the series. Yeah. And the, the thing that Philadelphia is going to have, I think the biggest issues with is just matching up with Tatum and Brown, because one of those guys is going to have, when they're on the floor together, one of them will have a significant mismatch almost every possession. Uh, and how do you match? How do you, if you're Philadelphia, how do you match that? And obviously, Joel Embiid is going to have a mismatch damn near every possession. But here's the thing Joel Embiid is at his best when he's around the basket getting you layups. But you've got multiple guys who've shown the ability over time to defend him and defend him well. He's going to get his points for sure, but he's going to have to work for him. Um, I'm not sure Tatum and Brown are going to have to work nearly as hard to get their points. Uh, and then it just becomes a matter of being solid defensively against everyone not named Joel Embiid. And if you do that, if you're the Celtics, you're done in five games. You'll win, you'll win both at home, you'll split there in Philly, and then you'll come back for game five and, and call it a night. Wow. Wait for the winner of the Miami New York series, which so that's your that's your prediction. Celtics in five, you're going, you're going uh, yeah. at it already, huh? Okay. Yeah, already. I mean, I okay. listen. It was, I, where's it beat at health wise? See, that's a that's a major question. Where I listen, if anyone thinks that Joel Embiid is not gonna play. I'm just going to let you sleep this one off because <laughs> oh, clearly you're play. still you're dreaming. You're clearly dreaming. So you keep sleeping on, on and, and having that, that wonderful dream of yours. I'm going to let you rest. He's going to play. <laughs> There's no way in hell I can see Joel Embiid not playing. No way in hell. I think he's um, playing too. It's just a matter of how effective he will be. Yeah. And, and he may be on a minutes restriction of, of some sort, perhaps. But his ass is going to be out there. and He's going to be a load to deal with. Uh, Joel Embiid doesn't have the kind of cast around him to where he can be a decoy. Um, the Celtics will absolutely challenge him to be effective. And if he's just out there just swinging the ball over the guys, you know, the Celtics, they're not going to react to that. They're going to try to play him straight up, man, to see what, what they can do in that scenario and see if he's looking to score, or if he's looking to just pass them to Maxi and Tobias. And, you know, I, I like the Celtics' chances when you've got a, a, you're getting a, a heaping of Maxi and Tobias and 2023 20, James Harden. 
because that's the guy that if you're the Celtics, you like you, you're cool with that dude. Uh, you ain't too worried about that James Harden. He's still an impactful player, but this isn't a guy that's going to go out and get you 50. Um, is James Harden washed? I'll ask the question. Is he washed? I don't think he's washed. I just think he's not the guy that we've grown up watching. Uh, James mm-hmm. Harden, to me, he's just on the downside of James Harden's life. Uh, he's still yeah, it just happened sooner than people expected. Yeah, you know? I mean, he still can go out there and get, get him 20. Yeah, he can still get a double-double of 20 and 10. But then, when you, but then when you look back on his career, or at least when he was you know, when he was killing it, when he was in his prime like that, and all those deep playoff runs, you can sort of see, well, obviously when you coincide with the pandemic and mm-hmm. the, the congested season after the, the year in the bubble, it's like, well, that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, Harden, uh, he was in a weird situation with the, with the, with the Nets, and uh, we know what he looked like when he came out of that season and was a bit out of shape, and I just felt like it all is just – spelled out for the, the kind of player that we're seeing today when you consider how old he is and how many miles he has on the on those, on those legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, Go ahead, Jimmy. Before we get too deep into the Celtics Sixers series, I want to remind everybody that this show is brought to you by our good friends at FanDuel. Um, either way, they're feeling good right now. Tatum's feeling good. What's your MVP of the series? I think it's an easy answer. This series? Yeah, the first series. Jalen Brown. Yeah. Jalen. Let's Brown. talk about Jalen Brown for a minute so nobody says uh, that we never talk about Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, Brown was the MVP. Jalen Brown, I don't even think it's close. Uh, it's not. When you look, when you look it's at it, it's not so – and it isn't just the points that he scored. It's the impact that those points made. It's the, the timing of those points. His scoring came typically when Atlanta was either making a run or the Celtics needed some little oomph to get over the hump. Uh, Tatum, now, now game six tonight, Tatum made some big shots down the stretch, no doubt about that. But if you're talking about the totality of this six-game series, oh, it's it's easily, it's Jalen Brown. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I, I think um, he was a constant threat on offense. Um, even when he would, like like you said, the, the way he started off, he would miss, sometimes he would miss two, three shots, but then he would respond in a big way, was never down on himself, was never the guy that we sometimes characterized him as the guy with the shoulders slumped when it wasn't going his way and not engaging with his teammates. That We saw a different version of Jalen. Well, I shouldn't say that because this is the version that carried over from those, uh, pretty much just the all-star break or even a little bit before that, the second half Jalen, if you will. And I, I just think that approach is, is, is just such a, a thorn in, in opposing teams aside where a lot of teams are game planning for Tatum, shading double teams towards Tatum, and, and Jalen just capitalizes not only in the half-court set, but when he gets out in transition. I mean, he's one of the first guys up the floor, and he's just sort of, um, he's sort of looking ahead to the next play at times, where I feel like sometimes we would also give Jalen a hard time. I'm sure our comments, our, our viewers will remind us um, that he was sort of check out sometimes mentally, you know what I mean? And not in like a bad way, but sort of like, like, wait, hey, come on, wake up. You know what I mean? Like Marcus sometimes has to say, hey, hey, Jalen, mm-hmm. you know, get there or he'll make a make a mistake on defense where we're not seeing that pretty much at all uh, throughout the postseason, at least up until this point. So, yeah, I'm, I, I agree with that for sure. I think Jalen's your MVP, uh, at least for he's this been, series. He's been your MVP for the second half of the regular season and the first series. Like he's still going strong, right? He hasn't yeah. slowed down one bit. Um, he's been huge for them. I love, I love his attitude going into these playoffs. He was a killer last playoffs too. I mean, don't forget he was kind of the guy, um, last I'm talking about last season, um, that kind of stepped up his game. So he definitely has that, you know, I'm not going to say anyone's on Jimmy Butler's level, but I think if anyone on the Celtics has that in them somewhere, seems like he might 
to some extent. I still think he's not like Mr. Fourth Quarter like Butler is. Certainly not. I mean, I think that's probably one part of his game that he can that he can work on is maybe just becoming a little bit more of a focal point. Maybe that's a he's just a product of the offense or what or what. But sometimes you just have to go get yours and just be the guy. And I think that he has that in him. He's showing that. So shout out to him. I want to say shout out to Mikhail one more time. Get a good look at this guys. This is the actually from a Hawks fan. Must be the only Hawks fan, right? I didn't think they had a fan base, but shout out Mikhail. Stop um, hating on the Hawks, man. <laughs> Listen, man. No, it's bad, it's, it's bad enough that they, they had to play this damn game, you know, in Luda Janet Jackson concert, man. Come I on. Give think some anyone, wait, try, it try. Was was, like, there were definitely a couple people that showed Give us some insight on that. Like, right? How does that happen? Is that just the box office blatantly yeah. being like, there's no way the series is going six. Like, how do you well, I mean, they, how do you have that scheduling conflict? Well, the, the the fact is that they had a tentative plan in case this happened, which they it's they have their own in case of an emergency. This is what we're going to pivot to, and that's what they've done with 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 the Janet Jackson concert. But to their credit, think about this: they were the Hawks were playing in a playing game against a a team that appeared to be better than them. And so the thinking was that they're probably going to lose. And if they lose another game, then they're out of the playoffs altogether. So when they finally get in and they're playing, you know, you know, the team with the second best record okay. in the NBA, you're thinking this might go four or five games. So let's let's get Jan in for that, that game six spot. But in case they some miracle Dude, are still playing. Those are two very different fan bases. It's not like the Janet Jackson crowd is just like, oh, you know, it's all good. It was probably going to be on Friday. Go Hawks. Like, they have no idea. They're probably making their plans for a Thursday night show. And then the Hawks win. They're like, wait, why does this affect our plans? Oh, actually, it does because State Farm Arena is going to have that game no matter what on Thursday. You know, yeah. I, just, I think it's funny. Right. And that's, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if, I mean, certainly if, if the Hawks had a better seating for the playoffs, I don't think they would have won it. I think they would have just said, you know, there's a chance that we may have the, them play. But this, you know, I, I, I get it. I, I Put it this way. I always look at these type of things where what would I have done if I were like State Farm Arena folks? And I would have absolutely booked Janet Jackson for game six. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, because I'm thinking I wouldn't have – I'm thinking there's not going to be a game six. Whoa. So I, I can't – if I had to guess, though, it's probably her people being like, look, this is our preferred day. So if you guys are that confident about it, let's just keep it Thursday. Then. We'll book it. We'll keep it on Thursday. Right. And in worst case scenario, you just slip to a slightly right. different arena the following day. So, Either way, that conversation had to be had. Like, this isn't something that yeah. we're just guessing and speculating. No, they, they had this conversation. And that, and, and, and Joseph, it doesn't fall into the category of uncomfortable conversations. Hell no. no, you know what, no it's, it's business. I would I mean, say it's just, it's just business. I would say there's probably like Janet Jackson's got like a little bit of a probably older fan base. Probably That's what of, I'm saying, Jimmy. You think they're all NBA fans? Like, I guarantee maybe, you, like, like a couple women showed up to the arena tonight thinking they were going to see Janet Jackson. Like, just did not know. <laughs> Didn't think twice. Didn't check the email. Sports, like, yeah, didn't you know check the I mean? email. Nothing. Just yeah. very surprised. And maybe they stuck around for the game. There's probably some tickets available. But um, anyways, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we got our series. Anonymous Jalen Brown award for series MVP. I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, <laughs> they're going to need him to keep on keeping on. I think, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, I thought this was a pretty disappointing series from Jason Tatum. Relatively speaking, I'm not saying that he was, you know, he stunk, but I think that there were games where I was just, where is this guy? Like, is he, is he, does he understand the situation right now? And, you know, to your point, Sherrod, 
the games get bigger, the lights get brighter. You don't really have that situation where you're underestimating your opponent. But there have still been situations in big games, even last year in the playoffs. Like, I can remember them losing games and being like, we just didn't come up with the right energy tonight. Like, that is still a concern for me when it comes to Jason Tatum. And, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to blow it into something it isn't, but I, I think it's something that needs to at least be recognized that, you know, th- there's no room for that at this point. Like, you you, you got to have that. You're, you're there's no like there's no off button right like you you just got to be on at all times now this is this is it well with, with Tatum specifically because of who he is and what he means to this team and how he has performed during the regular season I mean the dude averaged better than 30 points a game something that no Celtic ever did before that means that when you drop 30 that's a pretty run-of-the-mill average night for your ass and mm. Tatum only had two average nights in this series. Everything else was slightly below yes, average. And I, right. And I, I get the fact that he he's, is doing, a, I think, a better job of facilitating and his rebounding, I think, has been really strong. Yeah, and, especially and tonight. Yeah. But that being said, um, you still need to be that dude that puts his team on his back offensively and carries the load. Um, he just has to be, I think he has to be a little yeah. bit better in that regard. And his defense, I, the, the weird thing about Tatum, about Tatum, as he goes so close to his team, he had stretches in this game where his defense was strong, uh, contesting shots, blocking shots, or at least contesting and altering them. And then he had stretches where it's just like, where you at, bro? Where you at? That can't be going forward. You can't let Tobias Harris get wide open looks. Uh, you can't just let Tobias Harris pull up at the you know mid-range and just stand there without getting a hand up. You can't do that with Max. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with a lot of these Sixers players because they're going to get confident once they see one or two go down. And that's the worst thing you want to see happen. You don't want them to get into a flow, into a rhythm. You want to make sure that they are always thinking that, damn, he might block my shot. Damn, what is that hand in my face? You need to make you need to be into them. You need to have a presence defensively. And I thought Tatum was kind of up and down in that regard. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting right, to see that, the, just the way they approach the Sixers team uh, from a defensive standpoint. I'm more concerned about their defense than anything else. Yeah, me too, Sherrod, for sure. It's just not the same defensive team we saw last year, obviously, but it's a problem, especially when you saw the uh, the, the defensive lapses against the Hawks. But, you know, to, to piggyback on what you're saying about Tatum real quick before we get Bobby in here. Um, Bobby? We, we know what he's capable of, right? Last year changed things. This is a guy who who had an epic performance, a game six performance against Giannis in the Bucks. You know, he had a, a, a not as impressive, but just as but important uh, performance in the bubble. Like he's continued to rise in that regard in terms of putting together those stellar performances that put teams away in the postseason. So I'm still waiting for Tatum to do that. I, I know he will at some point throughout the playoffs. But, yeah, you look at the, the way he was shooting in the series, um, shot below 40 percent more than once. Uh, or a few times, I should say. And a lot of the times when he couldn't find his offense, you, you were wondering if he was going to give you something else, whether it was the playmaking or, or whether it was, uh, it was a little something, a little extra muscle on the defensive end of the floor. I love the rebounding. I love the fact that in games three and four, he was getting to the free throw line a lot. I, I think that continues against Philly. Um, what I don't want carrying over is, and I know we've mentioned this before, and it's only mentioned when he does it. So I'm mentioning it tonight, even though he didn't do it. Talking to the officials. I mean, hopefully this is something that he's learned uh, from game five. Uh, hopefully behind closed doors, Joe Mazzullo was running that tape being like, you had a big part in this loss because of the, you know what I mean? Like, I hope the, I hope 
somewhat of a uncomfortable conversations occasionally happens between Joe Mazzula and Jason Tatum. If I had to guess, probably not, but there's still some slimmer of hope that I that at least after game five, they had some sort of talk about his his overall behavior with the officials because it's not only worth talking about, but it could cost you a game again in the postseason. You don't want that to happen. Speaking of being on good, good behavior, what's up tonight in Atlanta, Bobby? You on your best? What up? Yeah, got to gotta make that fight tomorrow. Party mode? Oh, so you're going to be up late? You're going to be up all night then? He's yes. all night That's right a lot of downtime overnight, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm thrilled with Tatum. I, I, I'm glad you guys are talking about Tatum here. Uh, just well, got out of the press conference him. with him. Really? I'm surprised to hear that. Well, well not criticizing not him, tonight. but we're just like, not you know, yeah, keep your not shit together for the next series, you know? This yeah, is an right. example of of this was an example of a game where I think you'd expect what you're hoping to see more consistently. Right. So, give us your takeaways from today since we've already been going for a while. Yeah, I'll start with Tatum. Uh, got a pass bad away in that second half, and right when that happened, you saw something click there. He started making a ton of good decisions, whether it was dribbling out of the double teams and getting downhill. I thought much of his activity in this game went toward the basket. Uh, despite a three for nine, three start and, uh, you know, some shooting highs and lows throughout this game. He had a great game inside. If I'm looking at it, it's seven for 10 from two, uh, of course, four free throws would like a little bit more, but he wasn't getting a ton of calls throughout this series, seven assists, no turnovers, some defensive plays. And then of course, all the rebounding that Joe Sway mentioned helped them win that battle. Unbelievably. Uh, they fought, so hard on the boards in this series. He's a big part of that. All the gang rebounding. Guys made plays up and down the lineup. Uh, loved Al's late energy. Just great intensity and competitiveness from this group tonight. You saw them really rise to a tough moment with the crowd going crazy, with a game seven looming. They they trailed by seven a couple times in the second half, and they had no answer for Trey Young right up until the end. So, I know we're all looking at this series now and say, rolling our eyes and saying, oh, man, like this this went way longer than it should have. Not enough rest for Philly. Blue game five. But at the end of the day, and this is something they stressed tonight, and I agree with it, the Hawks are better than we thought. I, I They just challenged the Celtics constantly throughout this series in so many different ways. I think it's going to end up being a pretty good test for them, handling rebounding, finding lineups, finding coverages to solve stars who are scoring at will against them. And then, of course, uh, bouncing back from a brutal loss the way they did here tonight. Uh, I'm still so impressed, and they've done it the last couple of years here. They've had some devastating losses that they've shrugged off, gone back on a plane, landed, taken the court, and taken care of. I mean, game five against Milwaukee last year, game six against the Heat. Game five against this team, those looked like rock bottom moments for this team, and we killed them for just kind of shrugging and saying, whatever, on to the next one. But that's how they've handled this. And as frustrating as that can be to hear, it feels like that's how they go about handling adversity at this point. And in their uh, business. I'm just going to – Bobby, I, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you about the Hawks oh. a little bit. Uh, because here's the thing. While I agree that they may not have been as bad – as we thought they were, this thing should have been over in five games. There, there's, I mean, seven turnovers in the fourth quarter. Most and, and Joe Mazzula, I asked him about that pregame, and Joe Mazzula was pretty damn honest and, and straight about it. That it was on us. Those turnovers Whoa. were our fault. 
You hit so, the wrong button. Jimmy. I was trying to get you right. You're good. And so that to me means <laughs> that good. this thing should have been over in five games, particularly when you look at the fact that the Hawks won that game, won a last second buzzer beater in a quarter in which you turned the ball over seven times, in which the Hawks, your opponent, had very little to do with that. So, no, Hawks may have been a little bit better than you thought, but this should not have gone six games. At most, this was five. And that's on the Celtics why it went five, not the Hawks being better. The Celtics didn't do the job they're supposed to. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of yeah. – I think I'm leaning towards Sherrod on that. I think talent-wise, we know this team is much more talented than the Hawks were. Yes, Bobby, like John Collins kind of came out of nowhere after well, – he didn't come out of nowhere. He just came back from the dead, I guess. Yeah. yeah, which I was wondering was when that was going to happen, but I guess right. that was uh, started in Boston. I think if they got him more – If they got him more consistent – Zombie stylist. Yeah, exactly. If they got Sherrod was talking about him being a potential uh, – uh, never mind. <laughs> Actually, Joe Sway, you, you about to – you're going to you go make – I heard Max's, Max's, I heard Max's, I heard Max's voice in my ear. I'm about to go Cedric Maxwell on you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that no, was It was a good take. I'm not going to – I won't expose your take. I won't expose your take. All good. Regardless, well, I, but, I mean, but, I, I think I mean, the one thing I'll say about the Hawks, and maybe this is kind of like a, a cop-out answer, is that – they played, they played hard. Like, they played probably above their talent level. They fought back against the Celtics. Aside from game one, you know, that was kind of a weird – I thought that that's, that was an exception game. And I thought that maybe let, let the Celtics get a little bit too cocky in this one, you know, in this series. And that's kind of – you can't do that against a, another NBA team because no NBA team is going to be that bad to lose, um, you know, a series in that fashion. So, I give the, the Hawks credit for fighting back the way they did. They kept the games interesting. Celtics pulled away in the end because at the end of the day, they were the more talented team. And when they just played defense, that was the difference a lot of times, you know, in, in the outcomes. And, and tonight we saw them turn on the turn on the Jets defensively. You know, Bobby, you were you were in there with Sherrod tonight. I mean, what did you see differently in that fourth quarter, maybe the second half of that fourth quarter? They started preventing on Young. I thought that was probably the best look they gave him all game. I like Grant out there being able to switch and stick with him speed-wise. I'm going to harp on that coming out of this series because they narrowly avoided losing Grant, I think, here. And I've said this all year. Through all these benchings and DNPs and limited-minute games, you end up needing him tonight with Horford foul trouble with Rob out of this game pretty much all night. They need a four who could switch, who could play the perimeter and guard inside. And did he have some shaky rebounding moments? Yes. Did he miss some shots in the fourth quarter that didn't look great? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he ends up being a part of that versatile defensive attack late that closed this game out. I think the offense probably did more to close this out. But still, he's a floor spacer. And that's what I talk about with Grant. I don't know how we got to this point where he's just – this guy who plays a little sometimes if this foul trouble. This guy is so versatile. He hits threes. If he plays his role right, and I know this is what you guys are going to respond with, is he always going to play his role right? Is he not going to complain? These things that probably keep him from getting in games consistently. You needed him tonight. And everybody I talked to tonight was just ecstatic about the way he played. Uh, Horford said he was so key. Smart, too. Joe said he played a tremendous game. So, incidentally, right before a series where you're going to need him, I thought Grant was a huge part of that second half tonight. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I, I, I thought I thought Grant, 
he did what you're supposed to do when you're a player like him, and that is make the most of the role that you have. Um, I, and I thought he did a great job of that. Other than, I mean, he had the one uh, foul where he, where he uh, the foul that he committed uh, under the basket that was an and one. That's just because Brand is not vertically elite. Uh, he's not jumping out of the gym, and he got caught underneath a guy who just put back and he fouled him. But, but that being said, Grant's overall game I thought was good. I thought he made really good decisions. Uh, I thought he made really good non-decisions when he didn't like something out there. He didn't do what we saw earlier this year where he'd bitch and moan about to the refs. He didn't do any of that. And as long as Grant plays the game and leaves all that other extraneous stuff to others, he's going to get on the floor. He's going to help this team. Uh, so hopefully we'll see him, you know, a little bit more active and engaged and on the floor in the Sixers series. I can't imagine why he wouldn't play more than we've seen. Them. They'll need him. They yeah, I mean, they're going to need him, especially closing out the wings up. and closing out the baseline. And it, it comes out of defense with, with Grant. And I'm not calling him a bad defender, but I just feel like, again, it's a trust thing. And little by little, he's re-earning uh, Joe Mazzulla's trust. And going into the series, they're going to need him. They will. He's, he's going to be a boring. So – uh, it'll be interesting, but I think one of the biggest, one of the strongest takeaways from this series is clearly what happened in game five. And that's the one thing that's going to stick out the most, even a little bit more so than what we saw tonight. But especially because you saw a guy like Trey Young essentially put a team on his back and, and beat you. And that stuff happens from time to time in, in, in a best of seven series. Right. But how many times is that going to happen again? You know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just it's a, it's a legit question. Right. Like how many times is that going to happen? to the Celtics defense and how are they going, how are they going to respond? Because they didn't respond great in those first two quarters of this game. Right. I mean, Trey went right back into what he was doing in that fourth quarter. He dropped another 18 points in the first shit. The dude was, was on pace to, 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 to go off again, but he just cooled off in the second half. I mean, I think it was, was Jimmy, it was you who said it. I mean, he goes yeah. off. Maybe, maybe this, this thing does go seven. Right. I mean, he had the reinforcements to do so. Everybody else was doing their thing. Even, even uh, uh, Murray, who I was concerned would have a huge night, woke up in that second half, and it just seemed like that was the that was the one thing missing to complete uh, what, what the Hawks were trying to do tonight. So you wonder, on, on the grand scheme of things, how, how does that translate throughout the rest, the rest of the playoffs, and, and who's going to be that guy? Obviously, Joel Embiid is the new, uh, you know, he's the threat now going into this series, but how much does he control that series? You know, how much does he... Put, you know, put his team on his back? And how many times does he do it to win a game or two throughout the course of the best of seven? And, and will that be enough for the Sixers to force a game seven? You know, you have to look at it like that, not not in the sense of how many how many games will they, uh, will the Celtics close this thing out? I mean, let's wait and see. But I, I obviously, I have the Celtics winning this series, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a much longer series now because of so many of the, uh, the flaws that we saw uh, against the Hawks just pop up left and right. Um, Bobby, you mentioned, you were talking about Grant briefly, and we, we talked about it right after the beginning of the show, to be honest. Um, Sherrod, I don't think you were on yet. It was me, John, and Joe Sway. And yeah, Grant got minutes tonight, and I think he proved to be somewhat useful and a, somebody that I think can be counted on in certain situations. What I'm wondering, and what I wondered and said earlier is, was this more of Grant deserves some playing time, or Rob played himself out of some playing time tonight based yeah, on his it, performance it, it, in game five. It was foul trouble. Yeah, foul uh, trouble. Rob too. playing poorly and necessity. Things went so poorly on the defensive end in that first half, I think, that they wanted to try something different. And the first time we saw him, 
was at center right before halftime, which I was like, what? They didn't go back to that, but it showed they needed a different look out there. So I think it's a little bit of both. Rob, I don't know what was going on with Rob out there tonight. I felt like he didn't do much of anything other than contest some shots. So that's my, that's my, my negative. My main big negative of the night is Rob. And I'm wondering, you know, because they do have a, a a series here now with Philadelphia. And this last is a I tough checked, series for Rob. Last I checked, Philadelphia had a pretty good center on their end. So that's a strength for Philly. And it seems to be like it's a weakness for Boston right now is, you know, the center position that they're plugging and playing guys because nobody Well, I'm seems... not going to go as far as weakness after the game Al Horford just had. I mean, okay, ginormous well, performance from him. Sure. But I think... You need more than Al Horford, right? And I agree yeah. with you. Al Horford was the depth you're talking about. Yeah, and Al Horford's kind of a, obviously a different style. You know, he's not going to be banging down low with, you know, Embiid, right? He's going to be out, you know, certainly be contesting the outside shots. But I think point being, like, where is Robert Williams in your in your mind right now? Because it seems like on any given night he could be the you know, looking like the guy jumping out of the gym or looking like the guy just sitting on the bench because for whatever reason, Missoula. Um, isn't happy with him or he's not effective and it feels like we should be past I feel like we should be past this right now yeah he didn't 25 30 minutes from Rob easily and effectively yeah he didn't play an amazing series now him being out there makes all the difference in the world you look at the amount of shots he contested tonight and then you look at three blocks of two steals I mean that's a bonus in 17 minutes for a guy coming off your bench but that's what he is right now Horford's gonna be that point man on Embiid, I hope, right? I, I remember last game, Grant covered <clears throat> Embiid so much more than Horford did, which frustrated me, and I thought it was a big reason they gave up 52 to well. <laughs> Yeah, so I hope they flip that a little bit here, but they're going to need either Al or Grant on the floor at all times with Rob, I think, because I don't see him covering pick and rolls effectively against Embiid and Harden. I don't see him being the guy who fronts Embiid in the post, so they're going to have to put him on a P.J. Tucker or uh, one of those Philly wings that they hope isn't going to hurt him and have him playing in that middle area, which they try to do for a lot of this series. It just got weird in this series, I think, Jimmy, because Horford was already dropping, and then Rob was playing off Hunter and some of these other guys, and honestly, they kept hitting threes over him and beating him on the backside. So he, he couldn't find a place to play defensively out there. They were killing him in the mm-hmm. pick and roll. He was fouling in some of these games. And then you always go back to the conditioning, too. What was that huge game he had? I'm trying to forget. the, Or I'm forgetting. One of the games, his best game of the series, he looked exhausted after it. Um, so the consistency with him is what you question. The matchup, I think, is a tough one for him. So this is why I say Grant's got to be ready to go. And I hope tonight was enough of a warm-up for Grant to be able to play 20, 30 minutes in the Philly series. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you say 30? He think Grant's going to play 30? I, I, you I, have was two guys. I was looking at the first that, that 20 I could see. I don't see Grant giving you 30 in this against Joe. I don't see Unless that. Unless you're going double big. And so we saw some where of the are those minutes coming from? Going double big. I think they're coming <laughs> yeah. from Rob. I think they're coming from one of the guards. I think they're going to play bigger in this series. Yeah. I think you need Grant. Bigger. Bobby. 
I Damn. keep saying it, guys. Grant, I just think I've said, I've said, a little much. No, I mean, 30 is the high, high end if he's playing great. I mean, 17 yeah, okay, tonight well, is the okay, not, 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 with, with the qualifier, I can buy that. If he's playing <laughs> great, and by great meaning, Joel is not dominating the action and Grant's making shots and the Celtics are pulling ahead, you know, double digits when he's on the floor. Yes, that could get you under, under 30 Like his minutes. game three, four for four from three and some versatile defense out there. I know they lost that game, but he played well. Tonight he played well in spite of not scoring. I just don't get it. I mean, Jimmy, what, why he isn't he playing? I can't figure Why isn't Grant playing? Yeah. Because Joe Sway thinks that um, – well, John thinks Missoula hates Grant, and Joe Sway thinks that he doesn't trust Grant. That's what I keep hearing, right? right? His, he his, trust him. I keep hearing his situation, what he's going through. I, it's strange. It's so strange to me because, listen, when Ime was here, Ime had his gripes with him as a player, and they certainly went at it as much as any two players. Because he's obnoxious a little bit? Yeah. Yes, but I'm saying Ime didn't have him taking DMPs last year. He didn't give a single DMP to Grant last year. He didn't have this kind of depth, though. He didn't want yeah, I was going to say, the, 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 yeah, the, the, playlist, the playlist was a little bit different. Last Fair, year. Enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But who's who's ahead of him at this point? Like Mascala can't play. Well, what about Hauser? Is Hauser out now? I've said all along. Grant out. gives you more than Hauser. I and Hauser had a nice game five in this series before they lost. That he was did. about it. I mean, he came into this game for a couple minutes tonight and got run off the floor. Blake? Like he, yeah, he, he played like what? I think like four minutes. Yeah, total. Um, mm-hmm. which is it's crazy. Uh, I yeah, I don't Blake th- in this series. I could see, I could Maybe see Maybe some foul trouble. I could oh, see yeah. Blake. Because Blake, I, I see Blake as the why, though, right? player oh, that could get under Joel's skin a little bit. Right. I absolutely yeah. see Blake being that, an irritant. That, and it's, it, it's, it's personal with Blake, man. The whole, uh, what happened with the Clippers and Doc Rivers. I just think something about him just, yeah. he wants it. He wants to stick it to Doc, man. Blake is still and Missoula knows that. Missoula respects that. He likes that type of energy. So he's, a, he's a, he's here for that. So he will, he'll unleash Blake for sure. in that in the series. Yeah. And, and Blake's role may just simply to be out there to get under Joel's skin. Like if Joel yeah. catches the ball in a block, Blake's go just foul the hell out of him hard. Yep. Hey. Hard. And if, Blake, Blake, and, and if Joel gets mad and that. wants to get in Blake's face, be there for that smoke. Exactly. Don't back away from that smoke. Be if I'm Missoula, you want that. You applaud yeah. that. Get him oh, upset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And beat career playoffs against the Celtics. What do you guys think of that number? One and eight. That's bad. Thank Damn, you, Bobby. That's bad. <laughs> like you said, man. It's not a robbery. Oh, Bro, don't forget the sweep that, that sweep they had with us against him and Simmons. And, and he's hurt, remember. Right. Sprained LCL. This happens every year with him. I don't think Harden's 100%. He's playing, Bobby. Don't do it. No, I'm not saying he's not going to play, but I just wonder what they'll look like. And this is already a tough matchup for them. Yeah, I I could see him playing limited minutes, him being on some type of minutes restriction. I could absolutely see that. Uh, And then I can see him just saying, F that, I'm going to stay out here and play. Leg limping. Doc Rivers Rivers wants his – Wants to keep his job. He's going to play Joel as long as Joel will play. And remember, yeah. they didn't play. I know they swept the Nets, but they didn't play that well. And no. They were on the ropes in some of these well, games. And Bede had a bad series. I think he averaged close to 20. The Nets like, lost that series more so than I thought Philly wanted. Uh, there, were, there, were, there were multiple games where Joel and Bede was like in major foul trouble. And 
Brooklyn did not go at him once. Like in in the in the um in game three, where Joel had like five fouls with like two or three minutes to play, and they did not run a single play where they attacked him. Why no and, and then at the very end of the game, if like I think on the, one of the last possessions, Joel makes this great block. But I'm thinking, like, you do realize if you'd have went at him two or three times before that, he might not have been on the floor to make that block. So you know, Philly. I, I thought they, they. I thought they played solid. I, I to me, they're the way they played against Brooklyn. Very similar to how the Celtics played against Atlanta. Uh, they played well enough to move on to the next round, but by no means did you see the best version of who they are in that series. Because they'll be better against Boston. We'll do a deep dive on this, I'm sure. And I, I hate to make a prediction this early, Jimmy, because I don't already know did. the numbers. <laughs> All right, without listening to Sherrod's prediction. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't even let you. Couldn't even wait. All right, what do you got, Bobby? I'm sure that's not going to sway you. I I hesitate to say this because it would, it, um, but it wouldn't be me if it wasn't. Is he going to say a sweep? He's oh, shit. sweep. I think the Celtics are going to sweep this series. <laughs> oh. Six games, guys. Yes. You heard it first. And I was torn. the other with this guy. I was torn, Jimmy. Bobby? I was torn, Jimmy, because I think Embiid's playing at a high enough level this year to, on his own, push at six, but he's hurt. So that secured my confidence in saying that's two losses. That, that's two losses. Uh, between okay. between two of you, yeah, I think it's six, six games. You're splitting. Way it. to go, Bobby. Way to cannonball with the prediction. That's like, damn, he's not even. I was nervous. Game. You're not gonna give them sixes one game. Damn. So Bobby, you fully, you fully trust these guys even after Jeez. some of the displays that we saw. So let me run off. through it, Jimmy. Let me I'm run through it. Five, Bobby. I feel good with five. Let me run through it. Are you going, Gerard? Are you going gentlemen sweep five, or are you just going five? I'm going five. Philly's going to make it interesting. They're going to, it's they're, tough. It's tough to sweep. It is. Gentlemen, sweep. There's going to be a couple of games where Philly's going to play well enough to have a shot at winning that they'll just find a way to to blow it in the end. But it'll go five. I feel that. I feel good about five. Okay. Yeah. Three home games for the Boston fans. Okay. <laughs> what were you going to say, say, Bobby? I'm just running through this. And I, again, I haven't dove into everything on this series yet. Maxi, it's hard to play him against the Celtics. They always find him and exploit him. And B, they have so many bodies to throw at him. Harden and I just, I haven't been impressed all year with him. He doesn't look great to me. Last time they played the Sixers, he only shot three shots at the rim. And the numbers always look good, but I'm always watching saying, what do you actually do? Harris always seems to be invisible. Tucker had a great last game against them, shorthanded. But he's another, he's a guy you can stash Rob on and get some good minutes out of him. Melton's fine, not much of a needle mover. And what's left? I mean, Embiid's amazing. And again, Embiid's playing at such a higher level this year than P's past series. He threw up the one and eight. That that on its own makes a difference. And if he's right, he's going to take a game or two. But now that he has an LCL sprain, that's a significant injury. And they, there's mm-hmm. some doubt about whether he's ready to go for the start of the series. I know Harden's had some Achilles pain then the year. I think the Celtics are going to sweep them. So you're telling me that the Sixers are a little banged up too, right? Right. They probably they probably could use some athletic greens, guys. That's a good <laughs> no, Bobby was just telling us how part of the reason um, for his Celtics sweep is uh, is health. I think the, really it only comes down to Joel Embiid's health. They're going to go as far as he's going to take them. I think personally. James Harden is not completely washed, but he's 
he's heading in that direction. He's just not the same guy anymore. I mean, a couple of years ago, um, he just looks, he looks different. Um, I don't know if it was the fat suit that he put on a few too many times or what, but he's a little bit slower. It's, burst. it's exactly, yeah. it's the speed. It's, you know, I think he's going to get you. I think he's got to be more of a facilitator and maybe he can still hurt you that way. Um, he's not the guy that you're worried about dropping 30 on you uh, as much anymore. I think he can still rear back and, and get one, but it's certainly not as consistent um, or as fearful as you would um, when you really feared the beard back in the day. So, you know, you talked about Maxi. Um, who else stands out to you on this team that was going to give the Celtics a run? Because I'm – I'm, I'm certainly on the side where I, I think the Celtics are going to advance in this series. I don't think it's going to be, it shouldn't be uh, a seven game series. Uh, I think six would even be pushing it. I think you guys are right where it should be around five or six. I think six is the, as most as I would anticipate. I'm going to give the Sixers some credit and just say that, yeah, they can give the Celtics a run. And also I'm still struggling. I have trust issues. I have trust issues with this team. I've seen it happen too many times in the regular season. I've seen it happen in the playoffs um, where they just don't look like the team that I know that they should look like, whether that's because of. Um, well, you know what the biggest worry is, Jimmy? Or just their lack of effort in defense. What's that? Game one comes around on Monday. The injury report comes out and beads out. And the Celtics just go, right? All right. Exactly. Can you imagine? Like, exactly. Might, that Boom. would be like Doc Rivers' is like greatest. Ah, uh, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> That's spot on. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, a 50% yeah. chance to return. So, I mean, the Celtics didn't any favor losing game five. They bought they bought um, the Sixers a, 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 an extra day. Nine days uh, or, off. Sorry, an extra couple of days. Really? Right. So, um, you know, that's something that we'll obviously be on the lookout for. But you're right, Bobby. That would just be perfect, right? Yeah. Uh, they they announced, they announced he goes out, and we have uh, a replay of, of the Oklahoma City Thunder loss to back up oh, when, when they announced yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Unless Maxi figures out a way to play and thrive in this series, and this has been a brutal matchup for him. I, there's some games where he's barely played because of how big of a target he is. This is going to be a tough one for Philly. It is a brutal matchup for them. I do like how they played in that game where Tatum hit the game winner. I thought Embiid cut off the post, and that really bothered the Celtics. They're going to have to play fast again here to prevent him from just clogging the lane and rejecting driving kicks because even tonight you saw how important those are, the Celtics offense, Brown getting downhill, Tatum driving and kicking. You can't do that when Embiid's playing in there all the time. So they're going to need Horford to be great. They're going to need Grant to hit threes. They're going to need that guy's space in the floor, uh, which White did a good job of in this series. Uh, Brogdon always does a good job of, and again, Horford and Grant, especially at those big man positions, need to be out there spacing the Sixers out, which is another reason, Jimmy, I I don't think this is a great series for Rob either, unfortunately. Well, you know what? I'm sick of it because at, at what point is it not so matchup based for a guy that's supposed to be such a focal point on your team? I mean, really, how many how many years? So is he just not a guy that you can depend on night in night out? Is that is he basically? just a bench guy? Yeah. You tell me. I don't know. I mean, I mean this year, guy, this but it year, that's like what he became. Some games, until he gets some games in, he is. until yeah. he gets surgery. I don't know. Surgery. Uh, I don't want to hear another surgery. Knock on wood. Yeah, seriously. Well, it was a minimal one, but who knows? Maybe we'll need something else down the road to unlock them. 
I, is, I think what you need to unlock is, is it's all up here. And this is what this Joe Mazzula has is, is been trying to get at, is that He's Rob's biggest setback might not be physical. It, may, it might be mental. It might literally be unlocking his brain and, and allowing himself to be the Rob that we see in spurts, but we just don't see on a consistent basis. And I honestly think that's the reason why he didn't get as much playing time tonight. I think that was a little bit of a message from, from coach. Yeah, game well, one, 12 and eight. Game two, eight and five. Four and five in game three. Game four was the big one, 13 and 15, where mm-hmm. everyone was praising him. Comes back with 10 and seven. All right, fine in the in the loss. But it was four a week, and 10 and seven. Four and six tonight. Yeah. I mean, and I know not everything Rob does is, is based on the box score. You have to yeah. watch and you have to see how he just, just him being out there makes a difference. Right. But you always dream. Again, game four, we're sitting there dreaming. We're like, man, how involved he was in the offense, all these rebounds, how aggressive he played. This could be Rob. And then it's just back to the little things. And you love the little things from him. Just him being out there is a massive difference. But you're always dreaming of Rob becoming something that can take over a game. And instead, it just, as you said, Jimmy, becomes a little more subtle. Right. Facts, my dog. What else? Anyway, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Should be another good crowd in Philly once it turns over there. I'm sure Celtics fans will get a little more amped up for this series than they were for the Hawks one, which I think they were snoozing through a little bit in games one, two, and five. They weren't alone in that snoozing. Yeah, yeah. bro. You guys got any comments on – I mean, I think we got to at least comment on the Bucks. Did we got any comments on somehow the other series kind of shook, shook out here? I mean, Bobby, should we go full apology cam? For what happened in in Cleveland, or do you want to just gloss over that? How do you want to how do you want to approach that? It's twofold. It's twofold. Obviously, the Cavs weren't an East Finals team. Their limitations were just too massive on the wing to be able to compete with even New York. Never mind Boston or who they would have played in the second round. I guess it would have been Miami. That would have been terrible. But that's one. Two. The Heat were for real. And anyone who was scared, anyone who was nervous about the Celtics playing them round one, you were right to feel that way. I pulled up Jimmy's stats today, and it is just – it's its goofy. 60% from the field on the volume of shooting he's taking, 37 per game while dishing four or five assists and grabbing all those rebounds. He's flying yeah. through the air, tipping in a lob shot at the buzzer. It yeah, didn't even seem real. Yeah. No, I mean, we've seen playoff. This is like Jordan. Like, I didn't get to watch Jordan. It felt like I was watching Jordan for this series. No, what was, it's it crazy. Was better, yeah. And you know what? I tweeted this. <laughs> I tweeted this. He's got the look jeans, out. Man. Look, look out. Three. It might be. I, I said, you know, everyone who was nervous about Miami round one, you might be nervous about Miami round three the way this is going. I, I mean, it might be a Boston Miami East Finals. And they lost again. Hero too. I mean, these guys literally—they yeah. had no reason to beat this Bucks team the way. I'm they picking did. the Knicks. I'm picking the Knicks over them because, I am and this is this is the other side of this conversation. The Bucks coaching staff, Bud obviously, just sat there and watched them shoot over drops. They never threw many doubles or traps on him or got the ball out of his hands. They just kind of watched him destroy him all series. And that's the epitome of Bud, I think. And it, it's hard to imagine him coming back as coach after that. Just a disastrous loss from Milwaukee. They were the title favorites to lose 4-1 round one. 
Sherrod, you've been around longer than me. I can't remember a playoff loss worse than this. I know Giannis got hurt, but he was out there for the last two losses. Yeah, I, I mean, this this one's going to be hard for Bud to survive uh, because not just losing in the first round, but the way they lost. And, and he's not going to get a pass because Giannis missed a game. Uh, because even without Giannis, you still should have been able to be more competitive and win, you know, at least two, three games. Um, but you got gentlemen swept by a team that had to basically claw their way into the postseason. I mean, they this is this is bad for Bud. I I I, I would not be surprised if we see as early as tomorrow. But it's like oh. Would not shock me at all. Really? I mean, these things happen quickly. I mean, you look at what uh, what's happened in the last couple of weeks, and would you call it a failure? <laughs> and you There's know, no what? failure I'm glad... in sports, Jimmy. You know and, that. There's you no know failure. What? I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up, Jimmy, because it, it leads into my next point. Because yeah. look, a team like the Bucks with the season that they, they that they had, it's a failure. But I feel like what, what it's not a did, failure. <laughs> I was gonna say what what Giannis did though. What Giannis did when when he when he was stepped up to that podium and was taking those questions is he personified the loss. He took it personal because he because he was getting the questions about his free throw shooting. What he missed twelve, a dozen from the line in that one. Uh, he, he's getting pressured about if there's something that it was mechanical in his, in his release or anything like that. So I felt like he was he was taking the blame as if he as if the guy was saying Giannis, are you a failure? Like that's what he heard. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that's what Giannis heard. And, and he, Giannis, just, he just he spat. He didn't even spat. He like politely. Uh, yeah, he held himself back. The thing and that explains makes, himself. The thing that I love about Giannis is he does take all defeats personal. Oh, for him, it especially is especially when he feels it's at not, home. Yeah. Yes, it's not a it's not about money or or any of other stuff. It's about winning basketball championships. When he doesn't do that, it hurts him. You can literally see the hurt. Yeah. that he's going through and you don't see that for most players you just don't see it it's just like right. yeah well we, you know we got next he year he looked tired man he looks like he's just like damn yeah. i don't want to answer this type of question after what just happened right now like you know and, yeah, I, and to and his credit his response was priceless it was yeah. a thoughtful response and i think you can take a lot of i think you can take his response and really apply it to a lot of things in life but i think when you're talking about a sports team or a company and you have a specific goal and you miss that goal well, if that was the main purpose of the project or whatever, then yeah, in that aspect, it was a failure. That doesn't mean that you couldn't learn something new about yourself or grow and all that good stuff along the way. So it's all about perspective, I guess. But at the end of the day, if the Celtics lost to the Hawks tonight and then lost game seven, we're not sitting here. And, J- and Jason Tatum says, well, it wasn't a failure because, you know, we well, the difference is stuff. Giannis has like, we're not going to accept that. Like, sure. But I, so then he knows what it is. He knows, obviously, the difference between success and failure right um and again it's it's, maybe it's not that black and white but i do think that you know when it comes to sports if you have a specific goal and like let's say like for example you have expectations are set you're you're a team that the one seed people are and you should be expecting to go pretty pretty damn far into the playoffs and to lose in the first round i mean you can pick whatever words you want but i think you kind of failed in your in your conquest for the for or whatever yes you know your goals were that series too so anyways that's that series and we also have you know so Knicks beat the Cavs I think the Knicks are a tough team I actually I agree with you Bobby I think Knicks would take it over the heat maybe if Hero's in that's a little different I just think the Knicks and again I don't know what Randall's status is either I know he, re, he sprained his ankle again or re-injured his ankle so 
they're dealing with a couple issues on their own. But man, is it good? This might be controversial because the Knicks fans are insufferable. But it's good, Sherrod. You can probably back me up on this. It's good that the Knicks are good. It's good for basketball that the Knicks are good. Well, it's just good for basketball because it's something new and different. I mean, it's been so damn long that they. Oh no! Do we, oh. we lost your right. Typical. He didn't, in, he didn't plug in his laptop. He, he think he just ran out of battery. I think he ran he out of battery. That, that looks like a. That looks like the the, the system just shut You've down. You've seen that before. Joe Sway's been on the other end of that before. He knows what that looks sure like. Sure, I have, Jimmy. I right, will we'll salute. Relevant. Oh no, he's good. Oh, he's back from the dead. Sherrod, you there? Repeat that. Repeat that, Sherrod. We got you now. We missed your entire. We missed everything you said, Sherrod. Really? Okay. Uh, real, yeah. real. I'll, I'll sum it up for you. Yes, it's good that the Knicks are good, but yeah, the reason they're good, the reason it's good is because they've been irrelevant for so damn long. Yeah. So it's just something new and different, and and that to me, that's why it's it's significant because this is not the norm for the New York Knicks. Uh, so we'll see what they can do with with the Heat, though. What do you yeah, I mean, it's great because obviously the Mass Square Garden is the mecca and the history, and right. people love playing there. And, and, and Knicks fans are, are are crazy, man. They're uh, they're bitter, they're enthusiastic. So yeah, all that stuff's good for the game. But the, the reason I love it is is because of uh, because of the free agent that they signed. You know, Brunson, Jalen Brunson, mm-hmm. coming at that situation, it was there was some skepticism if he was the guy, and, and some Knicks fans, some of that fan base, or some of the city. Was like, man, how do you miss out on, on on trading for Donovan Mitchell? And then he goes out there and knocks that guy out when the Cleveland Cavaliers was not only the favorite, but one of the teams that people have had as a as a dark horse to to get to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that's that's huge, man. And I'm I'm so happy for Brunson, just the the kind of player that he is, the the hardworking point guard, and give you a little bit of something on both ends of the floor type of production. Who he was in Dallas and sort the way he sort of made name for himself, work his way up. So yeah, all that is good, and, and it's good for the league. And it's great to see the Knicks back in it, another team that no one saw uh, making it out of the first round. But I'm going with the Heat, man. I, I think the Heat get back to the East Conference Finals. I think Jimmy Butler, uh, what he's doing right now, is not only uh, obviously made himself the the best player right now in the playoffs, but it's also galvanized that team. And I think uh, when stuff like that happens, it, it it resonates, especially for a team that's been together as long as the Miami Heat have been, you know, that core of guys. And uh, especially when um, one of your guys is, is down and Tyler Hero, I, I think that um, helps things as well. But this is the, this is big, though. I, I clearly didn't see this coming. I'm not going to act like I did. So if they're able to pull this thing off, man, you, you got to give props to not only the, uh, the, the heat, heat culture, if you will, but um, to, to Eric Spolstra for putting these guys in a position to win. For sure. So that's going on out there. Celtics have their own second round series to worry about now. Um, that comes to you guys on Monday, right? What is that? Is that Monday? Do we have that on here? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Got the weekend. So we got Celtics, uh, Sixers Monday. Um, you guys will be there, I'm sure. Joe Sway, Sherrod. Bobby had to bounce. They said he, he said they were unscrewing his table. He sends his love, and uh, we appreciate all you guys who stuck around tonight. It was a late one, um, so we want to also thank FanDuel um, for their support. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Um, $5, uh, uh, $10 deposit, $5 bet. You get $200 bonus. Uh, you can put it on the Celtics Sixers series. So that's FanDuel.com slash Boston. And then once again, 
our guys um, at ag1athleticgreens.com slash garden for um, uh, one-year supply of vitamin D, five free travel packs, and um, a step forward in your health. So thank you, guys. Shiraz, Joe Sway. We will see you guys um, Monday TD Garden. You guys have a good weekend. And again, thanks, everybody, for checking in. The Garden Report is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash garden today to get 10% off your first month. This edition of The Garden Report is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Visit athleticgreens.com slash garden for a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase.